ABCs. I I know that I can be a little long-winded, but there is no <laughs> reason to wonder how long this episode will be. It's exactly the right length to discuss this song. Trust me. <laughs> That's another song for another year anyways. So tonight we are going to discuss how long. And with me, I have Jeff, and I am not angry with him. Jeff, thank you for joining us. <laughs> hey, everyone. How's it going? And we, joining us again is Stefan. Thank you for, for coming with us tonight Woo-hoo. on this journey. Woohoo! I don't know how long the journey will go, but we're here <laughs> for it. Good one. <laughs> and joining us for a second time is someone who is right at least two times per day, Catherine Cornella. <laughs> I think it was, uh, I think this is my third time. Pardon. This is my third Oh, it's your third time. Oh, man, I got my numbers all messed up. It, it's okay. It's okay. It's been a long time. That <laughs> was long? really oh. bad. Oh, 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 oh. you beat that, Jeff. <laughs> Anyways, tonight's song is a song off from All in Good Time. We don't have Aaron tonight, so I can tell you ahead of time. Plus, I gave it away last week. So <laughs> <laughs> this week, we will be discussing the song, How Long? I I just messed it up. I've been saying it like five times already, and I messed it up. Uh, well, how long? <laughs> how many times? No, that's how long. So we're going to discuss the song "How Long," and if you haven't heard it before, here is a quick snippet. Don't say how long. Don't say. This is a song written by Ed Robertson, mainly sung by Ed Robertson. There's not a ton of information to share about the song. Um, this, the vinyl version of All in Good Time does not include this song. There are two songs that weren't included on the vinyl version of that uh, album. And one of them was I Have Learned. And the other one was this song. And that was not done because they don't like the music, but because they, they had to fit it onto a vinyl record. And they rather than recording it as a double LP, they had to snip out two songs. What? So <laughs> Okay. So it was less long. That's right. How how long? Uh... About 50 minutes. I think that's the length <laughs> of an LP. Yeah. Sounds about right. Aaron? <laughs> oh. Yeah, Aaron, how long is that? Oh, yeah, never mind. We don't have him tonight. Um, I was going to slip us over into the music of this, but we don't have Aaron. But Aaron did give me his notes. Aaron, tell me a little bit about this song. All right, so let's talk about the music of this song. We'll, we'll get to the lyrics in a little bit, maybe. I hope. I really hope. Um, but... Let's go over the music. I I personally kind of like the music in this song, but I want to hear what you guys think. <laughs> Don't all jump in at once. <laughs> um, I'll go. I'll go. Um, okay. So uh, <laughs> so I do like the music of this song. Um, and this is going to be an unusual one for me uh, this week after. 
Um, how many times have I been on the show now? I'm official now, right? I think you're official now. I you think I'm official. <laughs> I, have, I have my own trailer. So. <laughs> uh, so, so I generally you get a trailer. Am, I do have a yeah. I got a trailer. It yeah. pulled up like two days ago. <laughs> Had the bare naked ABC logo on and everything. Wasn't from you. I'm anyway. guessing it was from Aaron. That's where why yeah. he's missing. Ah, uh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, I do like the music of this. I think when it starts, my first uh, impression of the song when I first heard it, it kind of sounds like a James Bond theme. I feel very James Bond. Like, uh, you know, we're get that get the James Bond sound to it. But I really do like the music, and especially, um, you know, it's a, it's a it's a pumper. It's a jammer song, like a pump you up kind of uh, uh, thing. And I especially on this one love the outro. Um, Bare Naked Ladies are really good at some of those really complex musical outros. Um, you know, What a Good Boy and, and, uh, and others and uh, um, uh, Brian Wilson. And this one has that. It has like this build up. You can hear the keys in it. You can hear the uh, mm-hmm. percussion, just the guitars. It's one of those outros that I especially love that you could just listen to uh, on repeat. So when it comes to the music of this song, we haven't gotten the lyrics yet, so don't get me started on that. But... <laughs> I will in a little bit, but not now. Don't <laughs> ask I'm me how long. From now, <laughs> oh, how long? <laughs> um, it's gonna be a lot of link jokes in this one. Uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I do, I do like the the composition of this. I like the production. I like the way it sounds overall. Um, not maybe not strongestly strongest strongest of the of the musical bunch, but um, yeah, I kind of feel like this. To me, I, I always it starts off and I'm hearing. Uh, this James Bond kind of thing, thing, and it just builds up. And yeah, it's got a great outro. It's funny that you said great outro though, because I w- I actually wrote down I I love the bridge and how it's at that moment in the song it's taken up a notch. And there's some amazing guitar licks in the bridge between the lines. But then the outro, I I'm just like I like it, but I wish there was more of that freestyling guitar licks in there. Right. Okay. With the bridge for me, um, I think kind of what ruins that one for me, and and we'll get to that. But one of the things Kevin. that bothered me about this, this no, well, there's not enough Kevin on it. <laughs> That's true. I don't hear enough Kevin on the bridge. I don't hear that bare naked ladies bridge that I love. I know you know how it feels. I know you know it's the real. Lyrically, this one kind of fizzles for me. The bridge on this one feels anticlimactic to me. Well, we'll, we'll get uh, to the lyrics. Yeah, we'll get to the lyrics. But I yeah, mean the musicality, the bridge. But the music, the music, yeah, and I, I get that. I think the lyrics kind of take me out of that a little bit more. Um, but yeah, so that's, I kind of feel like it ends a little stronger than the rest of the song, musically. I can see that. <clears throat> Seven, you've been kind of quiet, and Catherine? <laughs> well, <laughs> I think, I, I don't know, Jeff hit it on the head um but i feel like you know it's it's a hard rock and song in an album full of hard rock and songs and in there aren't a lot of songs on all in good time that sound like bare naked ladies songs this is like this is ed's emo album that's what i call it (laughs) and he decided to the ed the ed songs like i have learned and golden boy and there are a lot of them are hard-nosed rockers you know uh, angry ed kind of rockers and this 
falls <laughs> right in yeah. line with it. Yep. No, that's Music definitely like, true. Musically. <laughs> you know, I love I, the Canadians because it's like they can start off with an angry song and you know it's angry. But in Canadian flair, they add a bridge that is a ray of sunshine to the whole anger issue. And they consistently build on the optimism of whatever challenges that you're going through within your life, whatever is really taking you off, whether it's your um, relationship or your significant other, or it's just something else in life, there's always going to be a brighter side to it. And that's why I love about all of their music is because they aren't afraid to touch on the harder stuff, the untouchable aspects of the human nature that everybody feels but can't necessarily express. And they bring in a ray of hope, a ray of sunshine into it. And usually it's done by the bridge. This one is the bridge, and then it just builds to the end where you feel so much better about yourself. And I like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, got, you guys can pay me later. <laughs> pay you in checks mix. <laughs> it's so yummy. <laughs> I can't stop. Really this can't. is a very different song than what we're used to with Bare Naked Ladies. Yeah. Yes. So, and I think they're in this album, they are setting the tone for what they want to now become and what they now want to be without Steven in the band. And this is a this type of song is one that we hear at least once per album, I would say, on future albums from this point forward. So I think that they are like setting that beginning footstep of like how th- we want we want to do things differently than what we did before. Mm-hmm. We still enjoy that stuff, but we're, we're doing it a little bit different now. I yeah. think this does it musically, and I think this is very much a classic type rock song. When I was listening to this, especially the beginning, but throughout it, the note that I wrote was, I get the feel of the song Grace by Supergrass. And I'll put a clip of it in right here. But that like, that was the song that kind of came to mind, um, was Grace. And I, and I like that song. So um, we'll come back to that with lyrics but um (laughs) (laughs) but we have like the electric guitar electric bass drum and then one of the things that i really enjoy when bnl does is you have these rock sounds and then you bring it in the classic piano Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah and i like that choice it wouldn't have been without with a keyboard or a synth like (laughs) That piano right. just sounds really great with that harder guitar. But it was done at the end where, yeah. Yeah. you know, the whole, the tone of the song was more uplifting. It's, that's the hope that I was talking about. They added that in just to uplift everything, you know? That's all I got. I was going to say I like it when Kevin is my climax, but I realized that might not come out right. Uh, <laughs> 
Uh, How long did it take you to come up with that? Wow. Literally seconds, Tracy. No, but I think I love Kevin's Kevin's, uh, um, playing, and and that, to me, brings (laughs) it home at the end because it it is just it's a, it's a great ending for that piano to come shining through um like stefan was saying it's it's got a what's uplifting at the end it's just it's just a feel-good ending and that's why i think i for a song that i don't necessarily enjoy as much uh in the parthenon of bnl <laughs> it wasn't it was an ending that would really salvaged it for me that ending came came in and i was like okay this is BNL, you know, we're good. And, you know, and I'm glad that, and I was really happy that they were trying, you know, some different things. I'm always up for a band trying a new direction, um, trying something new. You can't stay stagnant and do the same thing over and over. Um, and for the most part, they continued to do really well with that and be, you know, classic BNL. The initial initial listens of this song, I was not as happy with, but then that ending kicks in with the piano, and that to me was just powerful. Don't say I look at the piano. The piano is great, and I—it's interesting to hear you both say that you see it as uplifting. I—I I think I look at it too cynically, and I listen to that song and I say, "Well, the piano doesn't come in full force till the ending because if they played this live, would they need Kevin to pick up another instrument earlier in the song?" As <laughs> <laughs> like. Am I wrong in thinking? Like I'm look I'm looking at it too like, okay, well you're minus a guitar without Steve and now you needed Kevin to pick up a, a guitar earlier in the song and then he can go back to the piano. Like I I could be totally Kevin's on off. stage with a cowbell for the first half of the song. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, you know, you put Kevin at, you're like, Kevin, pick up the guitar. Kevin, pick up the piano. You're having him like especially at this point in the band's juncture, you're having them pick up a lot. So that's why I feel like I always listen to it as if the piano didn't come in so late because Kevin was doing something earlier. He might have been. He might have actually, when they play it live, he might have been playing this, like he may have been playing the other guitar and Ed Ed was playing the lead guitar. You know what, I didn't quite notice it, but there is a live version of the song on YouTube, and I should go back and check that and see what he's playing. (laughs) I wasn't able to find much on on anything on the web about this song. But they played it at Hampton Beach in 2011, and I feel like there was a recording of that show. Because I was at that show, and I remember going back afterwards and finding snippets from it online. Uh, If you just type in how long B&L, the first thing that pops up on YouTube is a live video. Oh, I have, okay, that's my problem, is I'm using Google. and Google? Google? Yeah, Google will not give that to me first. They, they give me the the official one that's on the official BNL website first. So, Well, I hope the lady who recorded this video isn't listening to the podcast, because I'm going to critique her, huh. her uh, recording here. Like, I'm looking at the lights right now. In the video, she's not at the band. I don't know what's going on here. And see, I'm I did oh, that go. on Here's YouTube, and I'm not getting that. So yeah, yeah if you can send me I that, link. Kevin is playing the guitar in this one. Okay, <laughs> it looks like he has a guitar. Uh, yeah, they're up front. Yep, yeah. Unless yep. someone's blocking the piano there. 
Catherine. Yeah. It does look like Kevin is on guitar. Logistics. Well, and Kevin yeah. will do that a lot in, <laughs> mm-hmm. in awesome. concert. Is yeah. He'll play guitar, and then like at some point in the song, he'll switch over and just start playing <laughs> piano. Well, or Catherine, he'll be on, Catherine called him because he's up front on up front on stage playing the guitar right now. So <laughs> that's the only thing I've gotten right all day. Come on, guys. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this is a huge hey, day. Let me drink my coffee more. now. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> that really is. I never I, even thought of logistics. Of it all. <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry. No, don't you hold that like, like, I'm, 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 No, we need more people to think like that. I'm glad awesome. you brought that up because my note was, where is Kevin? I, I am very much missing him throughout this song. Um, I love the piano with the heavy guitar, like I said before, but I feel like this song isn't mixed to my liking. Like it might, maybe, you know what? I'm not a professional, but I don't like the way this song is mixed. I want the piano up front more. I want to hear it blend with that heavy guitar. And, and Kevin's a master. And you say that, I don't know if there's a whole lot of piano in the beginning of the song. I think it there is. is. A, it's a lot of guitar bass. Um, it's, so all I think it's all at the end. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, think that, I, I think that in the studio track, Kevin is playing guitar as well. Yeah, now, that's now what that... I was saying. The piano, you know, is used for most gospel music, and it's used for most um, uh, more religious kind of based stuff as well, um, because that's what they usually have. They have piano, and it's very uplifting. Um, John it's and Billy very... Joel are heavenly characters. Yeah, heavenly. <laughs> yeah, no, there is an association between the two. Um, and I think there's, you know, they need more and more person who knows how to play the guitar and the, uh, the piano, obviously. But aside from that, um, I like the, the application of the piano at the end of the song because it gives a completely different tone to the end of the song. Like there's hope that's attached to the anger like okay i'm starting to calm down a little bit and piano is very calming um kind of instrument does that make sense it was like last week's song when you put it that way it's like home in a sense at home is home is a dark song for most of it then there's that brief moment at the end where it feels uplifting maybe not so much Uh instrumentally but uh kind of the same thing i mean looking at two songs that have those that in common I'm yeah. sure the rankings are going to be exactly the same on those. Songs, <laughs> <laughs> um, characteristic style. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't talked yet about the beginning of the song. Uh, we're hopping all over the song at this point, but um, <laughs> we haven't talked about the beginning of the song. I love the eerie howling guitar. It gives a nice pained and angry feeling just to start off. I can't get away from the fact, I don't know what it is with me, but when I hear those thudding guitars, the way that they're played and the progression that they're played, it sounds, I'm hearing a lot of James Bond there. That said, I do love, I do love the intro. Um, I think the intro was kind of a tease for me because it, it does sound really good at the beginning. <laughs> Um, like you said, maybe the production uh, wasn't the best, but when the song starts, I mean, it, it it does pump you up. You're ready for some amazing, brilliant B&L lyrics to follow. And oh, it's wow. interesting because this song, 
<laughs> this song follows a really soft song, which is Jerome. So we have this nice, relaxed ballad type song, and then like, right. boom, we have this discordant first angry noise and the wailing guitar to lead us into this angry song. <laughs> I've always had a problem with the order of this album. I, and then, like, that's one thing I get hung up on on all sorts of albums, like, particularly Guster albums. I have a really hard time with how they're ordered because I, the songs are ordered because I'm like, seriously, like, this song should be last, this song should be first, this one should be in the middle, and then I end mm-hmm. up making a, yeah, maybe it's neurotic. But this, <laughs> and I usually don't have that problem with B&L albums, but this album just the flow of the album makes no sense to me at all. And this yeah. is one of the reasons why you can't go from Jerome to how long and then the golden boy. And I'm like, no, we're no, like, that's we're right. soft, soft, soft. And then angry, 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 then really angry, angry, angry. And then, and it's like, what? Well, angry with a happy tone. Like, and it, yeah. I think <laughs> like if they, I think they could have easily fixed this if they had done Jerome then Golden Boy, which has that anger, but it's with a happy tone. So you have that flow and then gone right into the anger with how long. And then you have the next song after that, I Saw It, which brings it back down again. Right. Yeah. That would have flowed a lot more pleasantly, I think. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Or they could have done with this album, the here's all the songs that are obviously colored by the fact that Ed is really pissed off at Steve. <laughs> And then um, here's the rest of the album. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, am I allowed to say that word? Am I allowed to say that? No, word? You, I don't yeah, know. Like, okay. <laughs> I don't know who mixed the album. Well, I know who produced it and engineered it. I just don't know who put it in the order that they did. And and the person who produced it was a, is a really good producer. Uh, Michael Philip Voyevoda is, is the producer. He's the one that also produced Gordon. So he can do stellar work, but I just, like I said, I want more, I want the piano more present when it is there. And I just, I feel like Kevin is missing in the song. Kevin does a great job of adding little extra things to fill the song out. And I don't hear that with this song musically. Um, I do like some of the flow that it has. Uh, I like how it goes soft. Uh, I really enjoy that it goes after the bridge. It kind of goes soft and relaxed. I kind of wish that it didn't go back into the verse again. I, I, I felt like it was a perfect spot for them to really, after that soft out- outro from the bridge, to really go into the the chorus again, like really um, powerful. What I and, feel like the, I feel like the third verse was probably the weakest of the bunch too. Yeah, I don't know if we're talking lyrics yet, but lyrically, I just. It doesn't feel like Ed writing there. And maybe he wasn't trying to write like Ed. Maybe um, we talked about the sounding like, you know, a classic rock song, a, a crowd a pumper, um, you know, and they didn't have to necessarily be lyrically uh, sound. They just had it to sound good. But I don't know. I, I feel like Ed lyrics are missing from this. And especially in that third verse, you know, when it should have kind of pulled you back in. And here's, here here's going to be the, the, the best lyrics of the bunch. Eh, you know, and it just kind of feels like it fizzles there. I, I feel like lyrics in general are missing from this song. Oh, I agree. Oh, I totally agree. <laughs> I kept waiting for I, I kept waiting for like real lyrics to come in, and, and I, I, 
I was just wondering how long it was going to take. Yeah. <laughs> when are you going to say something? <laughs> so let's talk about what this song is about, I guess. <clears throat> My question for you guys, and I'm hoping... It's about, maybe... it's about four minutes too long, Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> No. How long? <laughs> sorry. Oh, sorry. I gotta say, I have no idea what this song is about other than he's angry. Grr. <laughs> I agree. That's all I've gotten from this song is I'm angry at a person. <laughs> How long am like, I angry? It sounds like a relationship to me where they are arguing a lot, like not just in the bedpost, they're crossing off every fight. Um, you know, even a broken watch is right. Uh, it does sound like it's 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 a caustic relationship. Maybe that's just how I'm hearing it. But I I felt the same way that it's about a relationship. But okay, so it's about a relationship, and it was written to make it sound like it was about a romantic relationship. But like this whole album, it's so colored by one overarching topic that right, yeah. And it almost sounds like and around this time he was writing with other Ed was writing with other people. And I'm almost wondering if he started out writing this for someone else. That's what I like. I get a take of like that. The reason it's not as lyrically complicated and beautiful as BNL albums tend to be is because it was originally intended to be a BNL song. That's a hot take, though. I have no basis for that. I'm just, like, throwing it out there like a ESPN person. You were right on the Kevin thing, so I'm going to pull up the YouTube video that proves you right right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. Well, usually you can take the... If, if you're really trying to figure out a BNL song, you can take the bridge, and that will give it away. And <laughs> so then you look at the bridge... <laughs> I know you know how it feels. I know you know it's for reals. I know you <laughs> know I know you. So don't say it. I don't know. Poetry. <laughs> like, <laughs> Absolutely poetry. <laughs> so I think Ed's pointing it out. Don't say it. I, that's the whole point of the song. He's not going to say like what the song's about. Because um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Just Ed said no idea. <laughs> so long. How does that need to make sense? I'm angry. <laughs> I'm yeah, gonna date girl. when we record this podcast a little bit. As you know, every week Ed is doing a concert to raise money for different charities um, online, oh. and and it's great. Um, and last week Good. he was talking and answering questions online, um, and. Someone asked him about Am I the Only One? Amazing song, excellent song. I'm going to put the link up. Mm -hmm. Listen to this concert. Listen to him talk about Am I the Only One because he, he goes into more detail about it. And we've covered it already before. But he had something to say that was like, wow, it's really ironic we're talking about this tonight. When talking about Am I the Only One and writing songs that really kind of connect with you and make you have emotional reactions, mm. he said... It's a very specific reference. I find that the more specific and literal I am, the more people can relate. When I'm dealing in generalities, the song doesn't have a center to it. So that's why my songs tend to be super literal. Ed, listen to your own advice. <laughs> <laughs> 
Because I would say that's exactly the problem with this song, and Ed nailed it. It's too general, it's too vague, and I can't have an emotional reaction or even see the story to have empathy for this character. <laughs> well, in the liner notes for, um, I remember reading in the liner notes for uh, the Greatest Hits album, um, Stephen referenced uh, It's All Been Done by saying he was listening back to the old Gordon stuff and he felt like he was so verbose and so wordy on those songs. So when he did It's All Been Done, he wanted to do a song that was, I had a simple chorus, ooh, 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 you know, and everything. Um, I, I kind of feel like that's what, what Ed was going for here. The only difference is that only works if you have a hook. That just <laughs> you, you can't don't say how long don't say how long how long don't say how long don't say how long how long i mean but that you, you can get away with that if you have a hook but the song doesn't do that well i mean you have ever reference with that hook <laughs> no right <It's> a... <laughs> so tell me what i'm not supposed to say how long to like what <laughs> it's too general <laughs> how long am i not supposed to say it right <laughs> <laughs> what what does it apply to in the song? I don't understand the connection. That's the problem, I think. <laughs> yeah. We don't we don't know like what they're arguing about or if they're even arguing. We never discuss so one of the lines, we never discuss the notches. Are we talking about notches on the on the bedpost? Is she having an affair? Is he having an affair? Are they talking about their past history? Are they talking about the, the fights that they've had and who's been right and who's been wrong? We we don't know, and so yeah. we can't connect. Maybe this is the same couple from home. <laughs> Not <laughs> maybe. <laughs> this is, what, this is the, the end result of what happened after all of those uh, returning to each other. So this is this was the end result. Yeah, notches on the bed all the time that they did this, but now they've just reached this state of anger. I don't know. I'm rambling. Well, we have to. That's true. <laughs> Because all the lines are quixotic. Like, I, I went for, like, each week, if I'm having a hard time with the lyrics, I will look through each line individually and try to find a catch. Like, something that will start to make sense, and then I can build from there. And, like, all the lines are very quixotic and, and hard to understand. And some of them are really hard to understand. You make a good case for nowhere, so that's where I've gone. What? Is that like nowhere from Guardians of the Galaxy? Maybe. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> he was singing about 10 years into the future about this movie that's not been made yet. <laughs> that's all I thought of. Maybe he went there to gamble on the races. <laughs> <laughs> I have two major problems, two more major problems with the lyrics of this song. Tell us about it. <clears throat> Even a busted watch is right twice per day. That we is all... true. Yes. We've all heard this. We know this this metaphor, this simile. However, how, the problem is, unless you're connecting it to something and that's making a point, then it sounds really trite. And that's where I what I think, like, some of their songs can be really smart and really, like, catch you and make you go, yeah, that's what that line means. I've been using it this the right way or the wrong way all along, and ha, ah, you got me. I just look at him and go, that's, yeah, we know that line, but what are you trying to say with it? Like, what, how are you using it different? Right. Yeah. But I, something just dawned on me. So, uh oh. <laughs> this is, <laughs> this might Catherine's not be. about to hit us with the smarts here. 
<laughs> I don't know about that. He uses a really bad metaphor in the song. The next song, Golden Boy, he says, I'd use a metaphor, but I'm through with you or something like that. Right. Maybe that's why. It's, <laughs> is, is there a connection? Did I just like solve the puzzle? Are the two maybe. songs? And that's why they're in order. Could and be. maybe. <sighs> maybe he wrote this song because he was so angry. He didn't know how to how to say he was so angry. <laughs> and then he <laughs> wrote the next song. He's like. You know what? I'd use the metaphor like I did in that last song, but I'm through with you. I can't even do it exactly. right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now I like that line. <laughs> Good one, Catherine. <laughs> you actually just made me like the line from Golden Boy even more than the other than the song. Awesome. See, these are my two I'm angry in traffic songs. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, if I listened to this song while I was angry in traffic, I'd be hitting the horn. <laughs> I think it make me more angry. If I'm angry in traffic, I listen to Pantera. But um, <laughs> for me, I'm like, uh, for me, I'm I'm a very literal guy. And I've been finding that literal is a part of who I am. So don't get me wrong, but the metaphor, even a busted watch is right two times a day. It kind of clarified things for me about the song. I'm like, okay, this guy is totally sick of this person <laughs> thinking that they're right all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's just freaking broken. <laughs> and that made sense to me. I'm like, how long am I going to deal with this malarkey <laughs> of this broken thing that thinks they're right all the time? And it's just not. To me, that made sense. So what? maybe he's not talking about the person being right because there's there they can be right sometimes by by chance. Maybe he's talking about the relationship is broken and it can be right by chance once in a while. Absolutely, you know when you go to sleep and you're sleeping and you don't have to talk to the person. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that just came out. <laughs> came out of nowhere. Oh dear. Oh, sorry. That's once per day, right there. <laughs> exactly. I need to work on my filter. <laughs> we don't use filters on this show, as you okay, can hear the, the microphones. <laughs> <laughs> so my other problem that I have with this song, my last problem before I move on and, and vent all my anger, uh, is the line in the bridge. Hulk, smash. For reals. <laughs> oh. oh my yes. gosh it grates on my my ears just to hear him say that like for reals <laughs> oh <laughs> no that line bothers me too yeah. it's it just uh, not an ed line it doesn't it doesn't feel like him it doesn't feel natural <laughs> out of his mouth <laughs> I don't know how to explain it other than it just feels like he's putting on at that moment. It doesn't come from them. doesn't come from their generation. doesn't come from their lifestyle that they've grown up with. It doesn't come from anything other than trying to fit in with today's society. <laughs> it's just not. Yes. And I think that's what it, that's why I don't like it is it has this feel of putting on a false persona just to fit in and that's not what 
BNL is to me, nor has it ever been at any point. And I I think that was that's where my my I hear fingernails on the chalkboard. <clears throat> I kind of can't shake the fact though that the more I'm looking at this, and then I was kind of like looking over the lyrics to Golden Boy again too. Um, it does seem like there's a connection between the two, but I also uh-huh. I, I can't shake the feel, feeling that this song is a thinly veiled reference to Steve, though. Well, yeah, and what I was just thinking as Tracy was saying that was there was a lot of turmoil between Ed wanting to bring the group a little too mainstream and wanting to do a lot more mainstream things, and Steve not wanting to be so commercial, and if. Ed throws in a four reels. Mm-hmm. Is that right. reference to him trying to be hip with the cool kids, or it, and it, he doesn't mean to do it because it goes, you know, because of a forced rhyme or anything like that. He's doing it as to say, "Look at that, Steve. Look, I'm cool with the cool kids," or something. I don't. I mean. I'm wondering if there aren't lines in here that are references that we don't know about between Ed and Steve or mm-hmm. or just um, little touches that that carry over in the Golden Boy, too. Um, mm. But, yeah, that, that, you know, I kind of even now that I said that, I know I'm going to complete conspiracy theory. But there again, the first thing that bothered me about this song was how it feels so not like uh, a BNL chorus, how it's so basic, how simple. And even that to me now sounds like an attack on Steve's comment about writing songs like that. Um, like I said, I'm probably looking way too much into this now. I'm overanalyzing, but I, I think this might, <laughs> I'm kind of starting to feel like this might be a thinly veiled attack on Steve. I'm not saying I like it any better for that, but because if you don't know the joke, if you don't know the background behind it, it's really hard to attach yourself to it. Right. Um, I, I just read the lyrics for Golden Boy and <laughs> it's a hundred percent an expression of goodbye. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. That. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That. When we covered that one, he he even has come out in interviews and said, "Golden Boy" is very much a statement about his feeling of certain members of the band leaving. Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> and that's a that's the Canadian nice way of saying. Yes. <laughs> yes. I love the Canadian. Uh, no, no, no. You're not a quitter. You know. <laughs> don't, 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 Canadian. Don't. Canada. 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 Eh? <laughs> how long? How long? Well, it's a boot this long. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, how long is it going to take us to get over all these jokes? <laughs> Come on, we're geeks. How long we never get trip? over them? <laughs> we love BNL. Poor, poor Bill at this point is. Like plugging their ears. <laughs> All right, so why don't I have nothing more to say about this song? I have trashed on it and loved it on in alternating versions enough. Does anyone else have other things that they would love to add about this song? I do have the funny story about what happened when I was listening to it in the car. Oh, I would love love for you to share that with people. <laughs> so. <laughs> I was, uh, Sunday morning, I was driving, uh, my Mother's Day present from my sons was to allow me to go get an outside coffee through a drive through by myself. It was the first time I was driving by myself in eight weeks. And um, 
And so I listened to How Long a bunch of times. And the one time that I listened to it, it immediately went to Falling for the First Time as if Spotify was saying, do you want to listen to an actually good Ed Roberts song? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So even Spotify knows what rating we're going to give this one. (laughs) Better one or Um, better two? (laughs) You know, most people choose a song to come on here because they're like, we need to defend this song against Tracy because we feel like Tracy is going to totally bash on this song. I love that you're coming on here and you're like, no, I'm going to be for reals about this. For real. Yes. <sighs> one more thing oh, I want to say. I have to take one, one more, more thing. Back right. I don't even think Ed sounds good in this song. Um, <laughs> and I hate to say that because I, 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 I do. I'm sorry. I don't know if it was intent. Maybe it was intentional because he generally vocally kills the song like he is so good but that another thing that i thought of when listening to this is i don't even think vocally it's even close to his best performance and i listened to the live version and the the album version and i could say the same for both um, i concur it, it does not sound like he's doing his best on it and again that makes me wonder how much of it's intentional but <laughs> how, how much did you not want us to like the song <laughs> yeah because <laughs> you did all the right things <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up because I, I felt that as well. You can hear it in his voice. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. You know, you can hear when somebody's smiling over the phone and you can hear <laughs> that this guy is is not smiling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna get us over to doing some rating here. I'm trying to get my, my spreadsheet open. Um so I can tell us that this week we are gonna rate it. Based on reels, how many? Well, we the song is how long, <laughs> and so we have to go with a measurement of some point. So I'm gonna say I want to know how many minutes are you giving this song? Because you can't do seconds because oh. we already did that for four seconds. So oh, I want to know how at least a minute. <laughs> how many minutes do you like this song? Out of how many? Out of zero to five. Zero to five. And I'm gonna give I'm gonna give you a minute to kind of think about it, Catherine. And I'm gonna hand it over to Jeff. Jeff, how many week. how many minutes do you think about this song? Right, I'll be first two weeks in a row. Whatever. For real, man. <laughs> <laughs> For real. Jeez. Um it's it's gonna be low. I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. I know that's not my usual sunshiny disposition on the show, um, but it's gonna be low. I've like very little about this song. I don't like it lyrically. Um, I don't like the bridge. Um, you know, like I said, Ed just does not sound good on this. Uh, maybe there was something to deliberate here, but for a song, you know, you gotta you gotta be able to relate to it. You gotta be able to connect it. Saving graces, um, musically at times, I do like it. Good opening. Some good good instrumentation. A lot of great Kevin at the end. It's always going to bump up the score a little for me. Um, but honestly, I'm not listening to this one for over a minute. So I'm giving it one minute. One minute? That, wow. That's as high as I can go. I, I, wow. I don't enjoy this one much at all. <laughs> wow. All right. We'll go with it. Stefan, I want to give I want to give Catherine a little bit more time to think about her rating. So I'm going to head it over to you. How many minutes do you think about this song? I think that Catherine is very sharp. 
Yeah, she is on top. <laughs> I did come up with my rating while I was driving in the car on Sunday, so it is it is ready. You already to go. got it. Are you saying that you're not prepared, Stefan, for for your number? Oh, I'm prepared. I'm definitely prepared. But, I mean, you know. how long did you think about the number? Gosh. <laughs> what number? I'm... Oh, uh, what what song? What are we talking about? I didn't th- I didn't think of it at all. Um. No, uh, I'm a happy guy. I don't normally like blues at all. And this is kind of the BNL version of blues, uh, where uh, urgh, I'm angry. And um, <laughs> I just, you know, even when I'm drunk, I'm not angry. So I don't get it. Um, it just doesn't register for me too, too much. So I'm going to rank a little higher than Jeff because I did like that watch reference. And I got that. Because I'm a simple guy. And um, that's the only thing I understood about the whole thing. I'm like, I don't understand how long applies to a bad relationship. Other than how long am I going to deal with this baloney. And stuff like that. So I'm going to rank it uh, a 1.5. Sorry, Catherine. I was going to let you go. But, you know, Tracy put me on the spot. So 1.5 is my my vote. <laughs> We do chivalry a little bit different on this show. We give her a little bit time to, to consider. <laughs> I will throw it over to you now, Catherine, though, and okay. I'll end up going last. <laughs> um, I would go, I, I've had my rating set for a few days, and it's because this is one of my angry driving songs, I do have to bump it up a bit, and it's a two. A two. Yeah. All right. Grr. Angry. <sighs> I'm angry. It, it's my angry, and you know what? I can tell you is like, specifically when I put this on, when I'm stuck in the rotary in Revere, because I live in oh. Boston, the Boston area. The rotary in Revere, trying to get yes. the Route 60. There we go. And you're run, and you're wondering how long is it going to take? Yes. <laughs> going down to Revere is horrible. Exactly. Winthrop Everett, it's just a pain. <laughs> I'm struggling with this one. This one is making me relook at all of the rankings all over again. Um, I usually can find some song that we've already kind of gone over that that it's close to or the equivalent of. And unfortunately, I really dislike the lyrics so much, but I really <laughs> like the the music of this but it doesn't unbalance it i never listened to the song it's not on my playlist i've completely removed it i can't <laughs> connect with this song i it's not a song i want to sing along to even though it's really easy to because i don't connect to it um really hard chorus <laughs> <laughs> i feel like the music even then is missing something i'm missing some of kevin Kevin's magic. I need more piano, not cowbell. I need more piano. Um, <laughs> I I do like the bridge, but I really hate hate with a vengeance the lyrics. Um, so I'm gonna give it a I'm gonna give it a two point one. Whoa! Oh, you're the which is still the higher than yeah. everyone. What and the heck, man, if it weren't for the music, this would be a zero. Like this would be pretty close to bottom of the barrel when it comes to BNL, but the, the music is the only reason that 
this is redeemed even a little bit. Rank it a one. Oh, I agree with that. (laughs) (laughs) So we didn't have the breakdown from Aaron this week, but we did have his thoughts on the song and his rating. So I will give that right now. Here's what he says. So I'm going to go ahead and be the contrarian in this case. Surprise, surprise. I quite like this song, especially the minor, somewhat eerie verse. If the entire song had stayed in that feel, I would easily have been in the fours for this for me. But as it is, it swings back into something more standard post-Steven B&L. That angsty minor guitar riff in the verse is indicative of something more interesting than what, in my opinion, B&L evolved into in the post-page age era. And it makes me sad that I can't hear more of this. Overall, I find it fairly satisfying rocker that teases us with that interesting verse section, and sadly the rest of the song does not rise to that level. However... It is still different and interesting enough to catch my attention, and it wouldn't surprise me if this turns out to be one of my favorite songs from All in Good Time. I'm giving How Long a solid 3.76 minutes out of 5. So going with appearances, <clears throat> I, we do have that interview with Ed that I, I recommend listening to the, the music that he was playing last week. Um, on Well, it's not last week now, but for us it's last week. There is an appearance that I wanted to put in there when All in Good Time was being recorded. Uh, this is when BNL was really starting to get into the internet and, and had their own YouTube page now. Uh, and so they started doing these behind the scenes of creating the album. And they have a great behind the scenes of creating this album where Kevin is actually tinkling the ivories for this song. And it's fun to watch him because I can actually see what I want to hear in the song. I can hear him playing it during the chorus and the bridge and then in the end. And then I'm like, but I want to actually hear that. That's missing. But you get to watch him like really like flying on those keys. And it's a lot of fun. It's only 30 seconds long. Um, So I am also going to throw in there another clip that I wish that I had covered and seen way back when we did another heartbreak two years ago. Um, but they, they have another video where they're practicing the song Another Heartbreak for when they go on the road. And that's really fun video to watch as well. So I'll be putting that one up as well. Cool. Catherine, can you, do you have anything that you would like to plug? <laughs> Not really. Not really? Okay. I'll come I, I am, <laughs> no, I am working on something. I've written something um, and I'm hoping to post it on Medium sometime soon. I have written a defense of this album. Of all in good time. Oh. And, I have, <laughs> and now you're rethinking it because of today. <laughs> <laughs> so if I post it before this goes live, you know, look for Cat Cornetta on Medium and, and I'll it should be here. And um, if I don't, then it'll be there someday. <laughs> when I have time. <laughs> well, go and listen to the vinyl version without this song, and maybe you'll even have a better. <laughs> I will say the defense was originally written while I was stuck on a train. So there <laughs> seems to be a theme. <laughs> You're either stuck in some kind of transportation when I listen to or think about this album. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 
So send us that link and we'll definitely, even if it's after this comes out, we will post it. Okay, thank you. Because <laughs> BNL people want to read this stuff. You are an excellent writer and I think it, it, people should be going out there and reading your stuff. Thank you. Please tell that to the newspapers that have furloughed me. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's no sports going on right now. So. All right, give me names. Um, <laughs> I think everybody's been furloughed at this point. <laughs> so don't take it personally. <laughs> so, um, Jeff, you have been um, recording me for this episode, so I have, I have a question for you. Um, yes. I haven't been I haven't been looking, but how's the level? Uh, looks pretty good right now. I'm not a little pitchy. No, it's actually oh no. It's looking it's looking good. <laughs> well. Oh, there's my son telling me how I am. Um, <laughs> he's giving me his critiques now. Um, Does he think you're pitchy? He thinks I'm pitchy, I think. Um, or he used a different babes. first letter of that. But um, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, next week's song that we'll be covering is How's the Level off from Buck Naked. So come and join us for that next week. And thanks. That was fun. Thanks. That was fun. Don't forget, no regrets, except maybe one. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.